Welcome to a four-part podcast series on environmental issues on sustainability. Today we will be discussing the impact of wasting electricity in households on the environment. I am Aman and joining me is Daniel. We would like to start off by addressing our opinions on the matter in general. I think that in today's day and age, we think of electricity as this infinite resource that we can use as much as we like, not wasting a second to give thought to what goes into generating it, or what, if any, might be the ramifications of heedlessly consuming it in large quantities for extended periods of time and not making an effort to reduce the usage. It is only possible for us to do so if we are educated on the matter. The only factor that people seem to factor in when considering reducing the usage of electricity is the electricity bill. And even that becomes an insignificant factor when the people in question are of higher classes, that is, they are wealthy. So what do you think about this, Daniel? Yeah, um, generating electricity costs money. And though we have clean sources of energy like solar, wind, or hydropowers, um, a lot of countries still utilize uh, fossil fuels for their energy generation. For example, in Nigeria, even if we have, even though we have few a few dams for hydropower generation, there are there is a there is issues with the power in Nigeria where the power goes out and it can go out for days at a time or even a week. And because of this, most financial st- financially stable homes use um, generators powered by fossil fuels, and it's also a cause of like the pollution problem in Nigeria. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, we both agree that this is as big of a problem as some of the other relevant problems out there, like pollution and global warming. Don't you agree? Yes. Okay. Well, so now that we know that we both are on the same page about this, I think it is time to talk about why we should even bother saving electricity. Just how big of a deal is it anyway? In other words, how exactly does it impact the environment? And how serious is that impact? Yeah, most electricity today is generated by burning fossil fuels and producing steam, which is then used to drive a steam turbine, in turn, which drives an electric gener- electrical generator. Serious concerns about the, emis- about the emissions that result from fossil fuel burnings are there. Like, for example, fossil fuels constitute a, sig- a significant repository of carbon deep underground. Burning them results in the conversion of carbon of carbon to carbon dioxide, which is then released into the atmosphere. The estimated CO2, that's carbon dioxide, emission from the world's electrical power industry is 10 billion tons yearly. This results in an increase in the Earth's level of atmospheric carbon dioxide, which enhances the greenhouse effects and contributes to global global warming. The linkage between 
increased carbon dioxide and global warming is as well accepted through the fossil fuel producers vigorously contests these findings. So according to a Wikipedia article, the environmental impact of electricity generation, water usage is one of the main environmental impacts of electricity generation. All thermocycles such as coal, natural gas, nuclear, geothermal and biomass use water as a cooling fluid to drive the thermodynamic cycles that allow electricity to be extracted from heating. Other energy sources such as wind and solar use water for cleaning equipment, while hydroelectricity has water usage from evaporation from the reservoirs. The amount of water usage is often of great concern for electricity generating systems as populations increase and droughts become a concern. So let's now discuss some alternatives to these issues. Renewable power technologies can have significant environmental benefits. Unlike coal and natural gas, they can, be, they can generate electricity and fuels without releasing significant quantities of CO2 and other greenhouse gases that contribute to climate change. However, the greenhouse gas savings from a number of biofuels have been found to be much less than originally anticipated. Now let's talk about hydropower. The major advantage of conventional hydroelectric dams with reservoirs is their ability to store potential power for electrical production. The combination of a natural supply of energy and production on demand has made hydropower the largest source of renewable energy by far. Other advantages include a longer life than fuel-fired generation, low operating costs and the provision of uh, the provision of facilities for water sports some dams also operate as pumped storage plants balancing supply and demand in generation system overall hydroelectric power can be less expensive than ge electricity generated from fossils or nuclear energy and areas with abundant hydroelectric power attract industry. The disadvantages to dams that create large reservoirs are dislocation of people where the, where the reservoirs are planned, release of significant amounts of carbon dioxide at construction and flooding the reservoir, disruption of aquatic ecosystems and bird life, and also adverse impacts on the river environment. Electrical power can be generated by burning anything which will combust. Some electrical power is generated by burning crops which are grown specifically for the purpose. Usually, this is done by fermenting plant matter to produce ethanol, which is then burned. This may also be done by allowing 
organic matter to decay, producing biogas, which is then burnt. Also, when burnt, wood is a form of biomass fuel. Geothermal energy is the heat of the earth, which then can be tapped into to produce electricity in power plants. Warm water produced from geothermal sources can be used for industry, agriculture, bathing and cleansing. Where underground steam sources can be trapped, the steam is used to run a steam turbine. Geothermal steam sources have a finite life as underground water is depleted. Arrangements that circulate surface water through rock formations to produce hot water or steam are, on a human relevant time scale, renewable. Now let's discuss a few ways that we are guilty of wasting electricity every day. Uh, without paying much attention, we use a lot of energy each day from cha from charging our laptops, TV, our laptops, our phones, to watching TV. In fact, in 2014, the average U U.S. residential household consumed up to 10,982 kilowatt hour of electricity and spent around $12,000 annually on utility bills. Luckily, households can lower this amount by up to 25% by being more proactive with energy conservation tips. So now let's discuss some biggest energy wasting oversights. According to an article, the 10 biggest energy wasting habits at home from ASE.org, number one on the list is leaving the lights on. One of the most obvious energy wasting habits is leaving the lights on. And it's also one of the easiest habits to fix. By simply turning off the lights when you leave a room or your home, you will save electricity and help your light bulbs last longer. If you think you might forget, use a smart home system to remotely monitor your lighting from your smartphone. Another one on the list is using incandescent bulbs. Incandescent lights consume an exorbitant amount of energy. A quick way to reduce energy use is to switch to energy efficient bulbs. Energy Star certified bulbs such as halogen incandescents, compact fluorescent lamps, and light emitting diodes use 25 to 80% less energy than traditional incandescent bulbs and last up to 25 times longer. Yeah, another thing is leaving electronics plugged in. Appliances and electronics use energy even when they're turned off. One tip to help save on utility bills is to plug all electronics, including TVs, computers, and phone chargers when they aren't in use. Connecting multiple elect electronics to a power strip makes it easier to switch off unused devices all at once. Then there's also, there's also pow powering an empty chest freezer. 
Having an extra freezer in the garage is great for storing food, but does more harm than good when it's empty. A running chest freezer consumes around 103 kilowatt hour and costs an average of $14 per month. When your chest freezer is empty, unplug it to save energy and money. I think this next one is something that we are all guilty of, and it is browsing our refrigerators. Those few seconds staring into the refrigerator add up. Every year, people spend around 10 hours looking at an open fridge or freezer, accounting for 7% of the appliance's total energy use. That's a big number. Another helpful tip is to open the fridge and freezer only when necessary and save our browsing for the pantry. Next up is running the dishwasher half full. The average dishwasher requires around 1800 watts of electricity to run. Running it daily would cost $66 per year. You can cut down on energy use by running the dishwasher only when full. You can also save around 15% of the dishwasher's total energy use by switching its setting from heat dry to air dry. Yeah, there's also another tip is washing clothes in hot, the another thing is washing clothes in hot water. Almost 90% of a washing, of a washing machine's energy is spent heating water. If you can cut that en- you can cut that energy in half by switching from hot water to warm water and reduce it even further by using cold water unless you're trying to remove oil or grease cold water is is sufficient to clean clothes towels and sheets then one more thing is setting the thermostat too high in many high households Water heater temperatures are set too high, even though many water water heaters are set to 40 degrees by default. The Department of Energy recommends 120 degrees, 120 degrees for energy efficiency. Cut your energy bill by three to five percent for every 10 degrees you lower the thermostat. And now we have not programming the thermostat. Heating and cooling consume nearly half of a home's energy. A programmable thermostat helps cut down on unnecessary heating or cooling when you aren't home. Smart thermostats are even more energy efficient. They are remote controlled, can learn your preferred temperature and default to energy saving mode when no one is home. And lastly, we have forgetting to change air filters. Any home with a HVAC unit has air filters that need to be regularly cleaned for the HVAC to function effectively. As your HVAC runs, the air filter traps air particles. Once the air filter clogs, the HVAC expends more energy pulling in air. To reduce an HVAC system's energy use, replace its air filters every three months. 
For the more forgetful among us, a simple phone notification can help us keep up to date and breathing clean air. Electricity is essential for living a comfortable life, but there are simple ways we can reduce our energy use, save money, and even improve our home sustainability without hindering our daily life. Try an idea or two from the above list, or even better, all of them, and see the savings pile up. Now lastly, I think we should wrap this up by discussing some things, or some articles rather, that I found pretty interesting on how we can approach this problem of electricity wastage and what we can do to reduce it. This one article, Electricity Saving in Households, a Social Cognitive Approach, written in 2010 from the journal Energy Policy, aims to understand the reasoning behind the average house owner's lack of motivation to make efforts towards saving electricity in households. It arrives at conclusions that the household's electricity consumption depends on both structural and motivational factors, that their electricity saving effort depends on the strength of their internalized norms or self-expectations and on self-efficacy related factors and that there are predictable patterns for interaction among household members that influence their electricity consumption by applying Bandura's social cognitive theory on a sample of Danish private private electricity consumers. Hence, it shows that both structural and motivational factors account for households' electricity consumption. The article goes on to suggest two approaches to promote electricity saving in households. The former of which targets changing the socio-structural environment to be more facilitating for energy saving and empower households to be more effective in their striving towards this goal through improved feedback about their household's electricity consumption and the latter pertaining to social norm marketing, that is, communicating social expectations and other successful electricity saving achievements. Another article that I found pretty relevant was the relationship between possession of electrical appliances and electricity for lighting and others in Japanese households. This was written in 2005 and belongs to the journal Energy and Buildings. This article studies the impact of owning more number of electrical appliances in households by house owners, house owners in Japan on the electricity wastage by these households. It looks at a questionnaire survey that was conducted in 1996 on the possession of electrical appliances and on its influence upon the energy consumption in Japanese households. In the results, it was found that the increase in the consumption of residential electricity was due to the high number of electrical appliances. The article suggests that the results reflect the higher economic status of the householders and their lifestyle. The study also employs multivariate analysis to to evaluate the relationship between electricity consumption and the aforementioned factors. The results of this study are expected to provide an understanding of the matter to residents and increase their awareness on the importance of energy conservation and furthermore to be of use to other developing Asian countries. This last article called Electricity Conservation Opportunities Within 
privately owned private university campuses in Bangladesh was written in 2019 and belongs to the journal Energy and Environment. Yeah, this article aims to highlight and recommend the cost-effective and best-priced techniques applied to conserve electricity within private universities in Bangladesh. It, con it recognizes that conservation of electricity within the campus becomes a core agenda of universities in quest of ensuring respective campus sustainability as the large university campuses are often compared to cities whereby the associated electricity consumption within these, within these campuses are also referred to account for a bulk of the total urban, urban electricity comp consumption. In line with the government's commitment to conserve energy and raise efficiency level within the built-in infrastructure of academic institutions, the, this paper analyzes the electricity saving opportunities inside the campus. It puts forward a cost-benefit analysis of electricity conservation is put forward in context of a case study of the North-South University, the largest, the largest private university in Bangladesh. The five high potential methods of conserving electricity within the campus are suggest, are suggested for, for, for future studies. The article aims to examine and propose energy conservation techniques for other private and public universities in Bangladesh. And finally, we have the article Exploring the Effects of Non-Cognitive and Emotional Factors on Household Electricity Saving Behavior, written in 2018 and belongs to the journal Energy Policy. This article studies and analyzes the effects of non-cognitive aspects of human behavior, such as personal moral norm and habit and emotional factors on household electricity saving behavior. It relies on a model that factors in both the theory of planned behavior and the theory of interpersonal behavior. This model is tested using questionnaire survey data collected from 320 households. The study finds some interesting results based on the survey in that residents who present more positive anticipated emotion about electricity conservation intend to save electricity in their daily lives but actually end up consuming more electricity. Based on these findings, the paper suggests policy implications for research and practice and suggestions for further research are also discussed. So Daniel, finally, do you feel like one individual making a difference can motivate others to do the same? Yes, it, it can. Yeah, I just, if, you, do if you you're think, doing the right thing yeah. and you're like setting an example for others right. too, and those other people start doing the right thing and it just, it just keeps spreading that energy. Right.
Same. So it's never too late to start a revolution. Yes, you would say. never too late. Never too late. All right. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast episode on electricity savings in households, and we hope you gained a lot of information. And if you have any questions, the library has a great selection of sources on this topic, and some amazing people to help you as well. So this has been Aman and Daniel signing out. Thank you, and have a nice day.